Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is game week. Finally, game week. You know, Uh, yeah, this is Rob White fighting Texas Aggie class of 2014. And this is Roy May fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. I'm going to try and remind myself to talk slowly because I get excited and I already talk fast to begin with. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think the one thing that was crossing my mind coming into this week is we are definitely in a very crazy world right now with a lot of moving parts and a lot of opinions about a lot of crazy things outside of our control but at the end of the day we know one thing and one thing for sure the fight in texas aggies get set to take on the kent state golden flashes on saturday and we could not be happier about that that is a pretty outstanding mascot though oh you know i I, I dig that the golden flashes i mean come on i mean we're talking about a superhero that is literally fast as fast as superman (laughs) and uh affected so many different timelines you know if we're just going down that road but oh oh wait no we're talking golden (laughs) flash yes yes Oh. It's like the flash dipped in gold. I, I feel like that would be heavier. Um, just, just a little bit. He probably wouldn't be go. He probably wouldn't go very fast. Also, let's can we talk about the fact that Kent is not a state? Come on now. And on top of that, they're in Ohio. That's yeah. Well, reason number one to beat uh, them. Just like um, just like a certain <laughs> fake high school we discovered. Dude, that was that. That will be a fascinating thirty for thirty. You know, I cannot they, wait. They've for been that. around for a little while too. Like. Like how how did it take us this long to discover that this high school was not real? How does ESPN fi- not figure that out? And go, you're man, just you're just not even vetting what you're putting on television at this right. point. They're like, uh, we've you know they say they have a bunch of D one players, but we haven't been able to verify that. The X D one players. Yeah, you have a bunch of X D one players. I mean, come on, former JUCO players, That's man. Insane. I don't know how the hell that happened. What a crazy like. Week. That's that's definitely a somebody got fired. <laughs> and not to mention the uh, the um, oh god the coach apparently has like a warrant out for his arrest. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like what is going on? Yeah, and then like the Trent Dilfer thing on the sideline, which was nuts. Yeah, it's it's been kind of a wacky week in football. It has. Uh, speaking of televised high school games, Connor Wegman just completely ridiculous. Uh, Seven yeah. touchdowns in the first half. Video game numbers, like, uh, like unbelievable, like freshman level difficulty on NCAA fourteen. Like, and, what's going on? And here? I don't know if Klein Kane is going to be any good this year, but it was kind of cool to look up on national television and see the old stadium. I played. That's Old Climb Memorial. Yeah, I think the funny part about that game that I think made me really chuckle was the fact that we got to see you know Bridgeland go out there and really you know Connor do a great job, but seeing the amount of folks from um, other fan bases cough cough the folks in Austin who are just like. Whoa! Well, he just has a really good team around him. Oh, he's got this. Oh, he's got that. But he's rushed for Dude. two touchdowns. He's thrown for you know five, and then he caught one. Well, think of it this way. Come um, on now. So we had a quarterback a few years back who was uh, obviously pretty outstanding. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, and, he was uh, pretty decent, and, right? And the players around him were phenomenal. That's fair to say. I mean, that that offense put a ton in the NFL. Oh, no doubt. I don't remember him having eight touchdown games. No, yeah. <laughs> well, it's certainly not in high school, you know. No, I'm just, well, right, but I mean, we had, we had a couple of opponents that were just, I mean, you know, you just ran all over them. But 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what that kid did. You're talking about seven and a half, man. Seven touchdowns and a half. That That is straight up video game numbers. That's like when you get the cheat code for unlimited timeouts. I think I did that once and I beat Baylor like 189 to nothing. Well, see, and unfortunately, that's just what happens when you play teams like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is going on there? All right, well, so this week is preview week, and we're going to yes. talk about A&M. I'm going to, I've got, some, I did a bunch of research just kind of around the country for all the Power Five conferences. Um, so I've got, I've got a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, I think with the upcoming schedule, I mean, obviously, there's so much we could dive into. And, of course, there's so much we could analyze. Um and you know, like little, you know, little week zero stuff that was going on. Um, you know, really not much to report back on that, other than uh, the one anticipated matchup I was really looking forward to. That was a non-power five matchup, which was going to be UNLV and San Jose State. Lost a bit of luster because Tate Martell was not on the depth chart. Yeah. So uh, safe to say that the Tate Martell experiment is finally over in college football. Rest in peace. <sighs> It's about time. I feel like that kid's been doing this for like nine years. He finally gave it a pass, my dude. Uh, well, oh, jeez. <laughs> da, 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 um, oh, okay. uh, I don't feel bad. Speaking about of things to take away, though, from a, a very abbreviated college football weekend. Oh, sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, Illinois apparently has a backup quarterback. It's not too bad. <laughs> uh, also, Brett Bielema, you know, welcome back. Proud yeah, and uh, Scott I, Frost is ice cold. I feel, oof, man. Uh, did you see that meme going around? It says the NCAA has ceased their investigation because <laughs> there's no way that they were practicing outside the rules. Zero chance. They looked awful. Well, they look terrible. And what's crazy is Nebraska. Uh, I mean, they're they're known for their fans, right? Oh sure. Um, is it possible? Because next week they've just got. I think they have a Division Two opponent. If not, like a really low level Division One. Is it possible that the Nebraska sellout streak ends? I think it's like three hundred and eighty games or something like that. Here's here's the funny part. Knowing Ooh. Nebraska, they will they will somehow quote unquote get the sellout. And the only reason I know they'll get the sellout is because they've had this situation happen before, yeah, where it fair. has been very very close. To them not being able to sell out, but then it was like, oh no, we sold the ticket, so it counts. That's fair. So that's probably what will happen if we're being. Well, I honest. mean, it, unless there are pictures from Cornhusker Stadium. Was that, uh, how do they call that stadium? Up it's in, well, I don't Memorial remember. Stadium. Memor- up it's just there. Memorial Stadium, yeah. isn't it? Unless there's pictures of like some legitimate holes in seating, though. Right. At that point, it's they, they're not going to have a choice. Yeah. But man, that, uh, What's, I mean, it's a crazy Whoa. streak. Whoa. It is amazing, yeah. honestly. And even if they've hit like 95% capacity for that many games in a row, it's insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I said, that just speaks to the dedicated level of the fandom. And, you know. Which just, is the only know, thing that's any good in Nebraska football absolutely. right now. Absolutely. The There's nothing else to do there. So, Well, and, you, and it may be a situation where the fans are like, I'm going to show up and watch the game just so I can bitch. Oh, you know, well, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. How often do we see that in like the – you know, the EPL, you know, like teams will, you know, the fans will show up, win, lose, draw. They don't give a damn. They're still going to be there game in and game out. One of my favorite, actually going back to West Ham, I guess a few years back, West Ham was not bottom of the league, but they were kind of floating around there. They, they've been struggling. And there was a famous video that appeared where uh, the, I guess whoever the home fans were, were giving them crap. And the West Ham uh, fans started chanting back, we lose every week, we lose every week, well, la- no, nothing special, we lose every week. Yeah, Arsenal fans were doing that at Man City last week. Well, yeah, and that's... Hilarious. I, I don't care. 
Good. Well, no, good on him because you know West Ham is trash. And well, not not, not West Ham. We love West Ham. Arsenal's not very good right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could probably good. do a whole half hour literally just asking questions about why. But yeah. but no, this is all about football, American we, football, American football. We need that's right. We, we need we need cleats, grass, and helmets with masks on them. Let's that's go. Right. Oh, I need man. to hear some pads cracking. Yeah, that's right. I'm it's, excited. It's about that time. I actually get to go to the game this weekend because we're off. So Very nice. I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that. But, um, yeah, as we're jumping in, I mean, you know. You, you want to start how, with conference? You want to start with A&M? I mean, let's go ahead and just kind of, I guess, go over the top of the conference. Let's just see if there's anything interesting that's kicking the season off. All right. So, hold on. I've got all my conferences here. I even got sleepers. I did all He's ready to go. Homework. I know. I wish I had done homework like this when I was a student. It would have been nice had he made two uh, copies. <laughs> uh, hey, you're capable of doing this. Hey, last, uh, last I checked, I did the editing. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, oh, no. The SEC, I didn't do a sheet on our conference because we were going to talk about it very specifically. All right. I think obviously the top in the conference is going to be Alabama. It's going to be us, uh, Georgia. So those are really your top three teams in the conference. Right. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how the SEC East shakes out. Um, I, it's one of those years where, again, I, I'm not sure I get the hype for Georgia. And yeah, I mean Georgia. I mean Georgia's one of those teams that just always has the parts and the pieces, and obviously the coaching there. And it's just like they feel like the. Per- Perpetual bridesmaid. It's like they're never yeah. going to quite be that team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I th- even I, with Kirby. And I'll be honest. I, I think Florida is not getting a whole lot of love. And I'm not expecting Florida to win the East by any means. But um, I mean, Dan Mullen's a good coach. And yeah, you don't have yeah. to like him as a person, but he's a good coach. And whoever they've got under center, yeah, always been. A, you know, he's always going to have a dog uh, you know, under center. Well, and I, and I think Alabama. You know, believe it or not, you know, as much as Alabama is a dominant force, and we all know it, I have a strong feeling that Florida game that Alabama is going to play like week three. I mean, that's not going to be an easy game for them. You know, however no. it shakes out. So it just the schedules across the SEC are interesting, mostly just because you look at how ours set up, and so sure. you know our. our our pull from the east is obviously our storied rival, South Carolina, yeah. <laughs> and Missouri. And Missouri, and you know, I definitely want to get in on them. On so no Florida, that. no Georgia. Right. I mean, um, really, the schedule shook itself out to be relatively favorable for us this year. Um, right. So we've got Bama and Auburn at home, which is huge. I mean, it's at LSU and uh, and at Old Miss. But right. let's just kind of go. You got the schedule pulled up. I got the schedule. All right. Pulled so up. so we're gonna go just kind of week by week on this real quick. So obviously. We other, need to talk about Kent State. Well, I do. And, and one thing I want to do before, as we jump into it, uh, one thing I do want to see is um, as we go through this, just kind of analyze pain points and strengths for every week. And then out, what I want to get from you is three things. I want to get your best case scenario. I want to get your worst case scenario and what you realistically think is going to happen. If we can get those three things. What? Just just for us. Like, like for results out of A&M. Exactly. Okay. But we'll do that at the end after we've done a healthy analysis of the schedule here. So, yes, yeah. Kent State to kick, kick us off, right? Well, at Kent State, um, I, I get they, they have what was like 30-some-odd points a game last year. They've got a good offense. I get that. But let's not fool ourselves. It's Kent State. It's at home. I mean, we've got to do the red, white, and blue odds. It's going to be an emotional game. It's – 
I don't think it's going to be very close. No, and I think you look at the Kent State, and I know a lot of people loved all oh, the great offense and all that, and I'm like, that's fine, but you're looking at a very small sample size. They only played four games. Mm-hmm. And on top of those four games, yes, they had good offense, but they were playing against a bunch of MAC teams. You know, it, you know, and as much as we love Maction, right, and it's high <laughs> yeah, entertainment. Right. Well, we like Maction because it's on a night where there's otherwise no football. Exactly. <laughs> so so Maction's good and fun and dandy, but, I mean, you're looking at a line of 28 and a half, and I think there's enough people that would say, yeah, we could probably win that game by at least four touchdowns. I, I, well, I'd take, I'd take us to cover, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I really do, just because yeah, I mean, you, you can look at their offenses returning, but I think you also have to look at the fact when you look at Kent State's games, they didn't go out and blow people out of the water. And so you're talking about they couldn't blow out MAC teams. Yeah. Right. And, and and you're having to deal with our defense. You're having to deal with our offense, which is going to wear you down. Calfield. And, and I do want to say, I, and once we kind of go through the schedule, I do want to look at just kind of your thoughts on on the roster um, as, as now that we've got the depth chart out. Right, well. yeah, yeah, we'll look at the depth chart. So, I mean, obviously you open up at home at Kent State uh, or open up at home with Kent State at sure. the 28.5 point. I mean, honestly, if I was putting money on this game, I, I'd, I'd put it on A&M to cover. I, I know that's a really big number, right. but I, I just think they're going to come out absolutely guns blazing. I think you're going to get to see a good bit of Calzada under center just because I think that's how the game's going to be. Well, I, and I think we'll definitely see a bit of him in the second half. I think with Haynes King, um, you know, it will, you know, we'll get into this later. I think you're going to see a different angle of how this offense attacks strictly based on the additional, um, you know, creativity that we should be able to get out of King. And so I, uh, I think this game, you know, we're probably going to play our cards a little close to the chest. I doubt you're going to see a whole ton of the playbook. But at the same time, I think we're going to go out there and just do what we do because uh, I think Jimbo Fisher knows, I mean, he knows what the job is. We don't. We don't overlook opponents. Yeah, this is, I mean, but again, Jimbo doesn't run up the score. So that's one thing where you're looking at a little over four touchdown line. You're like, oh, you know, but you you don't have to intentionally stay on the gas to blow out of Kent State when you're Texas A&M, where you're at as a program, Texas A&M. And I think you'll see Haynes King clear into the second half because even if it's a runaway game, um, you know, those are valuable reps that this kid's getting. Let's, Let's not forget that. You know, this, this is this is his first go at it. And you were talking about creativity. I, I think, like you said, they're not going to open up the playbook for Kent State per se. Probably um, not. At least you know, not not past the first couple of pages. But uh, I, I mentioned this last week uh, when I was on the fan show. I, I think what we're going to be able to see between uh, or with Haynes King is somewhere between Kellen Mon and Johnny. I think you're right. I, I think it's – I don't know if it's right in the middle, but, you know, he's got that that speed, which means he's got escapability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you always wonder, you know, when you have mobile quarterbacks, you, you worry. But um, but you're going to see a kid who can throw a deep ball, you know. And he's, yeah, and it may not be the most pretty spiral on the planet, but, hey, he can get it down the field. When you're putting it on the money, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Um, you know, spirals start to matter when you're playing in gale force wins. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think um, – and I really did appreciate what – um, you know what our friends uh, were you know were saying about it. You know Jimbo Fisher, you know when he made his announcement on with, I mean it was a very tight race, and Calzado definitely put on the money. But I think King just has those X factors that are going to make him a valuable asset this season. Yeah, I, whoever Jimbo, had, you know, whoever Jimbo picked, I, you know, I have no reason not to trust Jimbo. No, so if it's Haynes King, it's Haynes King. Yeah. Um, so it'll be plenty of reps. And then, you know, the second week, you know, September 11th, you're, uh, right. you're in Denver. 
You know? You're in Denver. And yeah, so not in Boulder. <laughs> we're in Denver. Right. So we're right. in Denver. And that's the game I've been looking at, um, you know, the whole time, to be honest. And, you know, no offense to Kent State, but it's the truth. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting here overly concerned about Kent State at all. Um, I mean, the only thing that would concern me uh, with the Kent State game is if it's tight in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That, that would be the only thing that – really even at halftime. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, like, I kind of looked back at Colorado from last year, and they went four and two. One of those losses was a bowl game. So, they only played six games, five of them in conference. I think their one loss was to Stanford, I think. Yeah, something like that. But, so, I mean, they're good. Um, and, and I think that, that they've got a good shot at making some noise in the Pac-12. But, but again, this is one of those games where I wish they were ranked a little bit higher. You know, I wish it was a little bit better of a challenge, but, you know, you, you schedule these games so far out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think they've got a chance to make some noise uh, in the South, mostly just because I don't think either of the Arizonas have anything going for them right now. Um, no. I mean, Arizona State – I mean, certainly not U, U of A, but I think uh, Arizona State's on a little better footing. But even then, I mean, your biggest competition in, in the South right now is going to be like Utah – and you know USC. Well, I think USC and Utah take the South, but I think Colorado can finish third in the South, which is yeah. which is not terrible. I, but again, uh, you know, so you got the the game Colorado, then you come back home, you play New Mexico, and we go back to flipping Jerry's world to play. F- Oh, Arkansas so again. Yep. So sick of going I mean, to Jerry's world. Lord knows, I think we're all at the point now where we would much rather play that game on campus, including the Arkansas fans. I think they're sick of having to come down and right. lose and spend. <clears throat> You know, $17 on a beer. I get it. Yeah. Well, so you, you look at our schedule, and, you know, <laughs> second week we go to Denver. So it's that's not a road test per se because you're not on campus, but it's, it's a road trip. It's, it's a road trip, and I think one thing that is certainly going to benefit us versus having to play in Boulder is that you're going to get a far more neutral crowd in terms of getting Aggies there. You will, absolutely. And, and that's going to be a helpful factor. I think you're going to see a lot more Aggies there than you would have in Boulder, and that will at least help the atmosphere a bit. Well, it, it, for me, I'm looking at it from a, from a standpoint and that – I don't anticipate that being a sellout either no um unless there's just a ton of aggies that i don't know about in the colorado area which is quite possible well, I mean, there are a handful um, <laughs> but i mean even if you live anywhere around there what you know three four hour trip to denver to go see the ags when you don't normally get to see them because you're not coming to college station from you know nevada right seven times a, a year it's your thing but so it's a bit of a road trip so it's an away ish game and you kind of you know they you get this team kind of in that, you know, get that in their headspace for to make a trip. You know, hop a plane, sure. um, you know, warm up, do everything somewhere, somewhere uh, else. Right. Arkansas to Arlington just doesn't count. I mean, it just doesn't. So you're looking at a first uh, away game. So if we start playing football September 4th. Our first away game is October 16th at Missouri. That's our first away game. Yeah. So and we'll get down to that. But uh, New Mexico is another one I expect to. Again, I'm I don't care what the line is. Out, we'll cover out talent, out class. Um, Arkansas, I, I I don't know if Arkansas is headed in the right direction. I think they are. They but, they looked good early in the season, and they played opponents tighter. But even then, it just never really felt like they had made like a big turn of the corner. Like you could see that a mindset change had happened, but I'm not sure if the skills are there. Yeah, I, and I think that's probably a good way to put it. Is, is Pittman? It's uh, what Sam Pittman? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So the coach up there, Pittman, I, I think he's instilling a good culture up there. But it's a talent issue. You know, it's a talent issue. You're talking about a, a school that's not recruiting. You know, inside the the thirty thirty five number. You know, for mm-hmm. for class ranking. So I think you go to Arlington, and that's really your first opportunity nationally to really 
show you know show some stuff because right. like that the Colorado game will get some play. Um, but again, I don't think anybody's expecting Colorado to do much. Right. And expect that game to be, you know, like with against Arkansas, that'll either be it'll probably be some kind of ESPN or SEC network kind of game, you know, another eleven AM kickoff in Arlington or something yeah, like that. Just you know, barf. it's just it's not going to be anything highly entertaining. Uh, there's probably fifteen other games that are more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, we'll all be tuned into it, but for sure, um, I know, it, I know, I, I'll I, probably be if I'm not playing a show. Actually, uh, I know I'll be playing a show. Uh, actually, shoot that that day. I'm going to be out in freaking Canadian Texas. Oh, looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, so you come back from Arlington, uh, which is basically damn near a home game, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Neutral site slash home game. Yeah, especially at this point. Arkansas fans are getting so sick of going to Arlington too, and they're not winning, so that doesn't help them sell tickets. Oh no, they, can, not they at can't all. beat us. Was it nine in a row right now? Nine, I don't know. nine times. Wow. <laughs> um, so then you come home. You have Mississippi State and. Uh, you know, another good test. You get Mike Leach, but you get him at home. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I they feel kind of in, in the same vein as Arkansas. They're better than Arkansas, but same thing where <clears throat> I'm not sure if he's really got it going just yet. Yeah, it, And I, I don't know, long term, I don't know if Leach is going to be a great fit in the SEC. I really don't. No, and I mean, you look at what the air raid was and how everything was with Leach whenever he first brought that idea in. And just the game is so much evolved since then that you have all of these hybrid offenses and and the problem is you still can't go into this thing with the mindset of hey we'll just score as many points as we can and hope the defense holds you can't do that in the sec your defense is going to get blasted by everybody yeah you know there's a there's a time of possession factor that that is incredibly important when you're really playing smash mouth football and even if you're trying to go with this you know morphed air raid you know you still gotta play defense and and i think you know on top of these defenses getting used to seeing more high caliber offenses. So, you know, the concept and defending the air raid isn't such a big gap. Right. I think what you also are seeing is, man, speed in the secondary. There has been such a, uh, a huge point for so many programs to be recruiting that speed in the secondary. And so, you know, if you can recruit the speed and you can coach them to assignment, the air raid can be shut down. You know, because if the air raid couldn't have been shut down, the Oilers would have won a ton of Super Bowls, right? Right. You know, when it was a, the run and shoot, you know, five five wide. Mm-hmm. So, again, but I think it's, it's a really good test. I agree. At home. Um, by then, you know, you're by then I think you're looking at, you know, being 4-0. You're 4-0, and if there's any stumbling in front of you, you're looking at being a fifth or fourth in the country. So, Mississippi State comes in. Kyle Field will be just rocking. And, and you can go out and you can put it on the Bulldogs. Yep. And, you know, do it in front of a national audience. Do it in front of, you know, a raucous fan base. And, you know, considering that's your first SEC home game, that's going to be the first test really of our fresh students to really go out there and put it on them mm-hmm. themselves. So and, and get warmed up for the following week. Right, because, I mean, it really is our dress rehearsal for what is going to be, in honestly, the minds of a lot of national pundits, the regular season game of the year, which will be Alabama at Texas A&M the next week. Yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game, uh, where we're sitting right now of the season. And I would say, frankly, one of the biggest games, if everything else goes as well to plan before that, one of the biggest games of Jimbo Fisher's uh, era here at Texas A&M. You're coming in with the mindset that, yes, Alabama is, you know, they are Goliath. They are the Giant that has been running around and toppling everybody at every point. Got to knock them off your perch. I mean, or off at, their perch. At the end of the day, 
you can go ahead and tiptoe around them, do whatever, but the important thing is you have to beat the big dog on the block. Yeah, you can't hope that other people beat them for you. Nope. So that you're talking about, and I don't think this is going too far, but you're talking about one of the biggest games in program history. Well, and just to make things even crazier. Seriously. I mean, you know, you're not wrong. You're just, as crazy as you want to. It's no, not no, crazy. No, and, and, and just just to get in, you know, to stay in that vein, we're talking this the way that the TV schedule set up this year. CBS made it a point to make this the week where they had two SEC games. Yeah. And one of them at 6 p.m., and the other one's going to be Auburn and Georgia in all likelihood. So you're Good old-fashioned hate. Good old-fashioned hate. And then it's going to lean into Texas A&M and Alabama at 6 o'clock that night. I was going to say, because good old-fashioned hate's a 2.30 kick. It's got to be. It's going to be. Yeah. I, that's one game I would love to go to, by the at, way. At some point, just for fun, I'd, I'd be down. I yeah. think that'd be a great I'd game. probably to wear like a – Chicago Blackhawks jersey and just be like, oh, no, no crap, that's red and black. That's red and uh, black. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what I'd wear. Something you just wear something neutral. Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> yellow. <laughs> yellow. But uh, yellow. So then we get to October sixteenth, and this is where everybody circled. This is the trap game, right? Oh, Missouri. Com- yep. Coming yeah, off, coming off Alabama, win or lose, coming off Alabama. You know, you're at that emotional high. You've put everything into this Bama game. You've circled it. You know, start it. You know, put it everywhere mm-hmm. at Missouri. And uh, what's the dude's name up there? The new guy? Yeah, yeah. Winkle. I can't I, know, I, I, I feel bad about that. Um, D- um, Dinkle? Um, I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah. It is. So, I I think he's, again, it reminds me a lot of Pittman at Arkansas. Um, I think he's got the right mentality for that program. I think he's instilling it well. I uh, I, I don't think they're recruiting poorly relative to being Missouri. And that's a fair statement. Um I just don't see that as a trap game. I just don't. Uh, you know, I've been to the, the the stadium in Columbia. I, I mean, I play I played in bigger high school stadiums, and that was you know twenty twenty four years ago. Yeah, uh, Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz, yeah. So, and you know, I think Missouri. Do I think that a lot of people are going to view that as a trap game strictly on the fact that. They are the game immediately after Alabama. Sure, it's and on away. the road. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why. And if you look at our traditional, you know, how we've been with previous coaching staffs, hmm. we have struggled with Missouri over the last several years. I mean, it just happened. But I think there's enough of a culture change and a mindset change that no matter what happens with the Alabama game, whether it's a win or a loss, I think Jimbo's going to have the right mindset of we're going to be a favorite in this game. Let's go put it on these yeah, yes, you, no. you get you get 24 hours after the last game, and then it's time to focus on the next opponent. And again, that's a culture thing. It's you know? a culture thing. And so that's where, you know, like when we went to Starkville and we were fifth in the country and wore those god awful white uniforms and donked it. Yeah. You know, that was it was a it was a different program. It was a different culture. So that's one of those things where, you, I mean, I don't think we've really seen any letdowns out of this program. You know, about the only one we could even cite was that Auburn game his first year. You know, when we were up and we were favored in that game and lost it on the road. But, you know, yeah. that happened one time. Every other time where it's been a case where we were supposed to win that game, we won. And a lot of times if it was a game that was kind of iffy one way or the other, we would either win or lose it, but we would at least be in that game. Well, and and, and the Auburn game that we lost, it's we didn't show up terrible. I mean, they, Auburn, we made some dumb mistakes, and Auburn just beat us. I'd say, and that was, you know, fourth quarter kind of collapse, unfortunately, in that yeah. game. But, 
you know, we've seen that change with, I mean, like I said, that was all. It's kind of the only one I, mean, I think of. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was Sumlin players. That was still kind of a Sumlin mindset getting adjusted to what we are now. Yep. And so the game has changed. The mindset has changed. And I would think that regardless of what happens against Alabama, I'm not too worried about Missouri strictly on not the fact all. that Jimbo is going to come out there and be like, yep, dog, you know, yeah, Lions eat. We got to go. Yeah. So then you get, uh, then you come back home from Missouri and you get South Carolina. New coaching staff, ready to rock. They're ready. awful. They're not going to be very. They're good. just awful. I look at them. I'm sorry. Like I would hate to be a Gamecocks fan this year. It's it's going to be tough, and you know I think South Carolina is going to be very excited about a pod movement strictly because if the pods happen, we won't get cross divisioned with them, yeah. and they're going to be excited about that. Well, I think we'll be excited about that too. So so, so then you head in. Uh, so October 30th is your open date, which makes Halloween a Sunday. Yuck. Um, I know, man. So, uh, but. Um, October 30th is your open day. You've played eight straight games at this point, and I'm sure we will be hurting. You know, eight games in any schedule in a football, college football season. Not you got easy. dings, you got bruises. So that will be a very welcome date to also refresh, I think, mm-hmm. uh, before you get Auburn at home. So the nice thing is you, you bracket your open date with home games. Right. Or you, you bookend them, excuse me. So everybody's just at home. Right. So, yeah, it's it's you've got that little bit extra time. You know, you know that when you come back, you're still going to be able to play at home. Uh, and then November thirteenth at Old Miss, uh, that's see I don't it's not a trap game I just think it's the most important game outside of Alabama. I think it's going to be a very interesting test of a game strictly because we didn't get a chance to see how A and M would have done against Ole Miss last season. Right. Um, we all know with Lane Kiffin and the way he attacks the game. He is high-flying, depth-defying offense. It's entertaining to watch. Defense is absolutely trash. The question becomes, can our defense hold long enough? Can you stay in a race? And, and, and keep honestly, keep Ole Miss in check while, we, while our offense takes advantage of every opportunity because you're going to need to do that. Well, and Matt Corral is a good quarterback. Yes. Um, now, did he get hurt in the offseason? I, I, I think he's out, but I, I, I think he'll be back by the time we play him. But – that old Miss game is big just because uh, – like Weird you, shit can happen. Yeah, it does. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's one of those where if we can get to the quarterback, it won't matter. Because Lane Kiffin's offense, obviously, it's it's not a dink and dunk, but he has no problem throwing eight to 10-yard crosses, mm-hmm. um, you know, drags, you know, 10 to 12-yard drags. But he loves to take deep shots. You know, throwing the ball half a hundred times in a game is like the floor for a Lane Kiffin offense. Right. So – you know, it's just one of those things where a lot of it's assignment stuff. You know, Ole Miss scores a lot of points because they run at you so many times. They run so many routes at you that right. there's just mental breakdowns. It's all going to come down to pressure on the quarterback and creating and, and creating a lot of frustration offensively from Ole Miss. And if we can do that, I don't see many additional problems in that game. Well, and here's the advantage. I mean, now you're, you know, you're in the tenth game of the season. You know, you're. you're your defensive backs are salty. They're good. Your linebackers are, 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 you know, whatever they didn't have the first couple of games, they, they've seen film. They've adjusted. They, they've made those, you know, dropping into the gaps, the right. hooks. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see a whole lot of things that we have not seen from Ole Miss by this point. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and that's, I think, the bigger advantage is because at that point in the season, Ole Miss has probably opened up, if not exposed their entire playbook, because I guarantee you by then they have played everybody. They will have had playing. to. Yeah, they will have had to basically dump everything they have. So, at that point, we're, there's there's going to be no surprises yeah, with yeah. Ole Miss. So, so, we just got to go out there and take care of business. Right, yeah. Get pressure on the quarterback and, and just assignments, assignments, assignments in the secondary. Come home for Prairie View, 
Um, uh, nice, I mean, that might be a challenge for the bands. I, that I'm looking forward to. Oh, I think we all are. Um, but you come home, you know, you get a little rest. Uh, you get to play Prairie View, so you get that late season. Uh, even though it's a game, you know, it's you get to a it's little, a breather. It's a breather because you get a little more rotation. Guys don't have to go full out, you know, uh, you know, for for a week. Uh, yeah. I mean, they'll, you're obviously in practice and everything, but in a game, they're not getting as many reps. So you know, they get a little rest before you go to LSU, which is arguably another very important game, especially. If at this stage of the game everything else has gone according to plan, this is the most important game of the season at that point. Yeah, across I, college football. Yeah, I, I just I don't know enough about LSU. They're so weird. I mean, you had the the world shattering national championship year, yeah, followed up by just straight trash. Well, and they just lost their starting quarterback with yeah. an injury. You know? Yeah, so it's I, I don't know what to think about LSU, but that's so far down the schedule, it's hard for me to think about it. So they're they're going to be except there's gonna be, be a salty. Lot. They're always salty by the end of the year. They're salty and it's on the road, so I I can't take away any factors on that because we know LSU's always a difficult out on the road. Um at this point exactly to what you said, this is an LSU team that we don't know what they're going to look like in November. Is so, that quarterback back from injury? Like right. serious? Well, yeah, again. There, so. There's so many X factors on that game. I have no idea what to think about it. Same. So, <laughs> you know, and at that stage of the game, we'll see what happens. We'll see where we are at that point. So, yeah. You know, we've you know, kind of did a little quick analysis of the, of the schedule and touched on kind of key points in these games. Uh, so, Roy, of your of this schedule, what's your best case scenario? Well, I think best case scenario is you go undefeated. If if the hype is to be believed coming into this year, sure. And you know you're you have five games before you get to Alabama. That's five games for your brand new quarterback to get broken in and get everything under control, right? Um, and to develop. Those are five games of development, important reps. I, I, this I, this guy's the limit mm-hmm. um, because obviously what you have on the front seven defensively is phenomenal. And not to mention not just the starting front seven, but the rotation with depth. And then, you know, in the back, it, you know, it's, it's a different era. It feels like a different era because we have those guys at corner and at safety that, that are that are dudes, you yeah. know. Um, so defensively, we could just be phenomenal. And, and we could be better than, than last year. And, and I've got some, some stats. I'd say last year was awesome. Yeah, so – and obviously an abbreviated season. But we played, you know – Entirely an SEC slate. Yeah. You know, this was not against a bunch of scrubs. And it wasn't like the Pac-12 where we played like four games. You know? Right. So, so we played a good number of games. You know, we were the number one defense in the SEC. Uh, we were giving up 317 yards and 22 points a game. And off that, you have nine returning starters. Like, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, you, you lost Bobby Brown and Buddy Johnson. And, you mm-hmm. know, and we love both of them. And they both went on to go do their NFL thing. And we wish them the best of luck. But we're not going to be hurting – Defensively, oh well, yeah. So I mean, at some point, you have to trust in what's being built here. It's just like Alabama reloads. The idea of stacking all these top five recruiting classes, top five, top ten recruiting classes, is so that when people leave, you have the dudes behind them to come in. And it's what you see at Alabama. It's what you've seen at Clemson for a couple of years. You know, any team that has a championship run that has any sort of you know lasting you know amount of time to it. You know, you just see it because obviously these kids, you know, you don't get kids to play all four years together and then leave. So it's always a, a constant, um, you know, just kind of shifting of players. Cause especially if you're good, you know, they're getting drafted, you know, so they may leave earlier. You know, you may not get them for as many years as you would have liked. I'll tell you the one uh, one big uh, stat, though, 
yeah. and and this is uh, you know our sacks and an opponent sacks and this disparity needs to say the same. I'd like to see a lot more sacks, but we had 28 sacks for 180 yards last year. So we had yeah. 28 sacks. We gave up seven. Right, and honestly, three of those were in the bowl game. Right. So so it's the giving up sack stat that is going to probably be one of the most important ones for us. And uh, looking back, one thing I thought was really interesting was uh, the SEC network. You know, they did like their top five O lines in the SEC. Yeah, Cole Kublik, who. Yeah. He, he, you trust when he says stuff about offensive And we are still number two Yeah, behind Kentucky. This is a one of the first times I can say in you know, my few years of being able to follow along with A&M football that this was not a rebuild. This is a reload. Yeah, on, you know, Defensively, absolutely. we're good on that. But the fact that the O-line is not returning a lot of pieces, but people are anticipating this O-line being that good. I'm so glad we get all these early games this time around for them to gel and be ready to go. Well, and those are your two questions. I think I think those were everybody's two questions was offensive line and quarterback, right? All right. Well, a quarterback becomes less of a question when your offensive line isn't a question. Correct. So, uh, if Cole Kublik is to be believed, and one, he does his homework, he knows what he's talking about, and two, if he said that, that I'm actually just going to believe him regardless, then – you have to be really, really excited about what we can pull off. And I was amazed that Kenyon Green didn't play left tackle. We got that like that transfer is so good that he's playing left tackle. So we have he that's kind of right. yeah. that's an embarrassment of riches to an extent. I mean, yeah, I mean, to not have to play Green at left tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Jameer Johnson, he's going off to go hold off the left tackle position. Good on him. Hope he does a great job for us. Um, I think across that whole line, I think it's good that Luke Matthews is at center. I'm excited. I'm glad for him. Pray, praying to God he can stay healthy because yeah, he, he is he is integral. And when you saw who's right behind him, right? Uh, Bryce Foster. Yes. You know, our our, yeah, our little freshman. Yeah, it's yeah little. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's man, it's so nice to see. You know, when you look at the depth chart, uh, all these just I mean these freshmen that are that are battling. I mean, there are so many freshmen on this. You know across that line. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the fact that they are in key positions that tells you something about talent. That makes yeah. me very happy. And then, of course, seeing Chapman back on and Demas is ready to go and Chase Lane got the top position. I mean, you got all these great skill players and not, not well, even to mention. And Billy's been talking a ton about Euclid Brown. Yeah. Um, so it, like, has been no, turning, turning heads. Right. You know, so I, I think there's more depth in the wide receiver room than people want to maybe uh, – Admit or give credit for? I, I think the wide receiver is going to be the most underappreciated position on that offensive side, strictly because everybody knows what our running back stable looks like. Yeah. And I think the wide receivers are going to scare some people. They're going to be an X factor that a lot of people were not anticipating out of this team. Well, when you're looking at, at you know, if, if you're looking at A&M's offense as an opponent, <clears throat> you're like, okay, well, obviously Spiller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, crap, Anias. Oh, and by the way, a chain, yeah. Oh, and by the way, Weidermeyer. Yeah, um, and who if, is who's a if, new tight end? The new quarterback's best friend. Oh yeah, and uh, you know here's here's hoping that um, Baylor Cup stays healthy, and not to mention Max Wright coming in at fullback. I know. Yeah, he's you want to talk about putting <laughs> in work, man. Like I said, it's just there's just so many things to look at across this depth chart that just makes me smile, and it's crazy. 
Uh, well, I'm excited. I, I'm, yeah. I'm excited because, you know, a lot of those names, you know the talent, um, you know, and <clears throat> because we were able to play that we played last year, um, you know, some of those second-year players, yeah. you'd be able, you've been able to see them rotate in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, best-case scenario, I mean, undefeated. You see us around the table. What's your absolute floor? Where, where, where do we, like, if everything goes awry, where are we at? I think your absolute floor is three losses. You think nine and three? I think that would be a floor and a nightmare. Yeah. That's a loss to Bama. That's a loss to Ole Miss. That's a loss to LSU. You end up in nobody gives a shit bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, very similar to you. Uh, I did throw in one additional loss, and I think that was a combination of either Missouri or uh, just because, you know, obviously right after Alabama or um, – Arkansas early, just in case, um, or or hell, even Colorado, just because if we're just not in the right mindset for those. But like I said, this is just absolute worst case scenario. I don't anticipate that happening. Well, yeah, for, I'm talking about the wheels completely fall off, and yeah, you know, I'd see us eight I, and four at the floor. Al- Alabama is is there's no shame in saying that we could lose that game. Oh, um, no, not at all. But I think when I talk about Ole Miss and LSU at the end of the season, you're talking about two road games. And again, because I said wheels are completely falling off, that includes injuries. So mm-hmm. you're talking about going on the road with you know talent but no experience. So that would be an absolute floor, and really a wildly disappointing season would be nine and three. I agree. So realistically, your prediction: where do we fall at this year? Where, where's where's our numbers? Well, I mean, you know, I love the sunshine pump. Me too. But. Uh, <laughs> I think we're in the same boat. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, the only game that I look at on this schedule uh, is Alabama. That's the only one. And, you know, it, you, where do you go? You know, you got you to gotta beat Goliath, right? Well, and I, you've done it once, but you had Johnny. You did it in their place. And you, we surprised everybody that year. That yeah, was yeah. Just Nobody a, was know. anticipating what we were going to do. No. Uh, so, I think you look at Alabama. And, you know, obviously we will analyze this even closer when we get to it. But I think you look at Alabama on the schedule and you think to yourself, man, every time you play them it comes down to beating them in all three phases of the game and you have to force turnovers. You have to have every possible thing going your your way that night. The ball bounces your way. The crowd creates a factor. And even then – you're still maybe winning by a touchdown. See, and and I don't, and I and I get it, but you know, let's not sit here and act like Alabama has won every national championship for the last eight years and no. gone undefeated. So they are fallible. And what I look at as is, uh, you know, when you get into games, and you're like, man, if we do everything right, we still know that we have to have the ball go our way, right? Bounce our way a couple times. Right. I think that's when you're almost at the level. Uh, of talent uh, that, that that your opponent is, I think we're at that level. So I don't. I think if we go out and do everything right, we don't have to worry about the ball bouncing our way as long as it doesn't bounce the other way too many times. Right. Or you go out, you make a couple of st- mistakes, but the ball bounces your way. So I, I think it's a winnable game. And again, you know, that's a month and a half away. Month, month and a half away. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of factors between right. them. And, and Lord knows, with the way this season is shaking out. 
and all the new rules about COVID protocol and the fact that games could potentially be forfeit by teams that don't right. have COVID on top, those are going to play factors. And I'm sure it will, will play a factor and, in more than one conference, and guaranteed. I, and I have a feeling, especially knowing the SEC and knowing kind of how we're about the vaccine, there's going to be a number of teams and games that are going to end up being forfeit because certain teams couldn't play. So we've just got to be diligent. I hope that the players, for the sake of of the season, got themselves vaccinated, we're on top of their game, and that we're able to go out, play every single football game we've got, and just take it to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not including COVID in any of my predictions. Of course um, not. No, neither so, one of us were. But I but I think you end up um, – I. You know what, I'll just go ahead and go on record. I think we go undefeated this year. I think we end up uh, December 4th in Atlanta playing Georgia. Um, I think Georgia gets the crap scared out of them in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, though, because I think Florida, knowing that I mean, Florida's getting kind of disrespected this year. Yeah, a little bit. And I get that they lost some players. I, I They lost it. some players, and, you know, they made some mistakes last year, uh, namely uh, throwing the shoe. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I <laughs> still think awesome. it still was great. But, you know, I think Florida's going to be a little bit more salty than people are going to give them credit for and so yeah george is gonna be there but i think world's largest outdoor cocktail party it's not called anything else i don't care it's gonna be a very interesting game and really the deciding factor of the east like it tends to be there's really no other surprises out of the east that i'm worried about uh kentucky tennessee south carolina certainly not you know um there's just not a lot out there that I'm too worried about. It's Florida and it's Georgia. Florida, Georgia, and everybody else sucks in the East. It's just how it is. And, I, and you know, again, it goes in cycles. There's cycles when the West sucks and the East has been good before. And, and there's a very good possibility that Missouri might be third in that what, in that conference. Yeah, <laughs> in that on division. That yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's not saying they're any good. It's just saying they could end up third. Yeah, they absolutely <laughs> could. So, you know, at this point, guys, I mean, I just want to see. I'm very curious because I, I feel the same. I feel the same way except for one exception. I just don't know if Kyle Field's going to be that much of a, you know that additional factor. I think Alabama is still that team. I foresee us going 11 and 1 and once again being about that fifth or sixth position right outside, go play the Sugar Bowl against somebody and beat the shit out of them. Tell you what, you go 11 and 1 this year and Georgia slips up at all. Yeah. Still wins the East, still goes to Atlanta ends up with their second loss. Mm-hmm. Depending how things shake out, and I'm going to run through the other conferences right quick. Just the Power Five, yeah, yep. just just kind of who I think is going to win. I don't, I, I didn't break down the Pac-12 South. Oh, all right, I was like, please don't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> rather bleach my hair. Uh, um, yeah, well, like, but, like 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 they do. Um, yeah, oh yeah, they went very well. Um, <laughs> but I think you can see a situation where, you know, again, two SEC teams get in. So anything's possible. And like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think we have a shot at going undefeated. I really do think that there's a possibility this season. I mean, just look at this, you know, look at the skills that we do have, but you know, Alabama that's that's the game. So, um I'm leaving us just a little bit of with a little bit of doubt strictly on the fact that if we end up, you know, Exceeding that expectation, I'll be a very happy camper. I, I do have one schedule that I wouldn't mind running through in, right, here in a they, second. They, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. that. We'll get to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just real quick, kind of run through the conferences. Um, 
Big Ten, I think it's Ohio State wins the East. I think Wisconsin uh, wins the West just because uh, they're nothing in the West. I mean, Iowa maybe could challenge them, but I think Wisconsin hey, wins the West. undefeated Illinois is going to give them a run. I think Illinois Bert, will finish. Bert, Bert's the top notch, dude. I think Illinois will finish fifth or sixth uh, you know, above Nebraska, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the Big the Big Ten West just sucks. So, um, so I think it's Ohio State. I think it's Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship. I think it's the Buckeyes again. Um, but, yeah, Buckeyes every year. I don't think they're undefeated, though. So I think Michigan is going to put together enough salt <laughs> this year that they can they can beat some people. They'll push Ohio State. They won't beat Ohio State, but no. I think I think Penn State will. Oh, you think? But Penn I think State Penn State them? will drop other games. Right. But I think that Penn State will be Ohio State, so they'll go into that Big Ten championship with a loss. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point. I think Ohio State, it's just, you know, like they're the champs until they're not, right? Kind of Absolutely. You know, similar to Alabama. You know, you just anticipate they're going to be the top dog until they're not. And knowing the Big Ten, there's really nobody else out there to challenge them. So. Yeah, I have no surprise team. I'm not saying surprise win, but I have no surprise team in the Big Ten except for maybe Illinois. Come, I don't on, know. come, come on, Northwestern. You were so close. I do love Northwestern. Yeah, you know, go, um, go, go, nerds. We yeah. love y'all. Uh, ACC, obviously, I think it's against Clemson at the top again of the Atlantic Coastal. North Carolina, Miami is going to be nice to see, but I think Miami's going to get their doors blown off Alabama, and that could unravel that team. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's safe to say it's going to be Clemson, North Carolina. Um, I do anticipate once again it's going to be Clemson again, but I think Mac Brown and crew. I mean, they're he's still getting that team going, but I think they're going to be in all okay. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. All right, so. Uh, there's some phenomenal quarterbacks actually the ACC this year, believe it or not. Sure. Um, uh, but that starts with Sam Howell, right? Sure. Yeah. He's, I, until we see uh, what is it, Uga Uga Lele. Yeah. Uga Lele from Clemson. Yeah. That seems seemed right. Seems um, right. I mean, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Mac Brown wins the ACC this year. I don't think there's an undefeated champion out of the ACC. They don't have Miami or North Carolina from the coastal. Mm. So or Boston College, but uh, but. I think North Carolina gets. I think Boston College is a little bit of a surprise just because. I, I and I'm like a, and I'm and I'm cool with uh, you know North Carolina winning that thing mainly because at this point let's shake it up a little bit you know. Right. So I think this is the year that they. I, I think with Sam Howell, veteran leadership, that's huge. You know, having a, having a veteran quarterback, we saw it. Yeah, and you know that, and even with a single loss as a conference champion, that puts them in position for playoffs. Yeah. So. Etienne is gone from Clemson. Sunshine's gone from Clemson. Yep. Not to say that their new quarterback is going to be good, but but I have a feeling are... Clemson very well could take a step back. Yeah, it basically just not win the ACC. That's as far back as I would. Expect yeah, but like, yeah they're still not. I mean, they're still going to be top dog in in yeah. their in their half. But you know, yeah, Pac-12. I think it comes down to Oregon and USC. Yeah, um, who do you got winning? Uh, you know, I think USC can actually pull it off. I, I do think it's USC. I think um, Oregon's kind of had their day. Um, in, in you know, as much as we love to go, oh, Oregon and uniforms. At some point, it's just a gimmick, and they're just not really. They don't really have it for me anymore. I just think Oregon it, ends up playing USC for the Pac-12 championship because the Pac-12 North sucks. Oh, <laughs> like it's, it's Washington, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington and, State. And Stanford's not what they were, and the rest of the conference is not what it's it was. A big bowl of poop pudding right They're there, trash, man. You know? I mean, you know, what, Washington had that one good year, and since yeah. then they've kind of fallen off. There's really nothing else left. Um, and then obviously in the South, I mean, what, you got Utah, and that's really about it. That's it. You know, um, um, out behind USC, there's really nobody. I think your one surprise team maybe could challenge Oregon. I think it's Stanford. Um, maybe. they got a brutal schedule because their non-conference games are P5s. Like, they got K-State and Vanderbilt and Notre Dame. Yeah. So. Then you get Notre Dame at home, though. 
Yeah, I mean, at so, least it's at home, right? I, I think Stanford... I, does... Let me throw this out there. Does Notre Dame find their way back into the playoff this year? No. No. No, I don't think so. You think they're losing at least one or two? I do. In fact, in fact, I think Stanford beats them on the final weekend. I, I think that's one of their losses. I can live with that. I, who couldn't? Because, honestly, at this point, screw Notre Dame. Uh, I'm so sick of them being right. in the playoff when they don't. They don't obviously don't belong. Uh, so, Big 12 real quick. Uh, Oklahoma. I OU and Next. Iowa State. OU and Iowa State. I, I, could, I could see Iowa State keeping it close. I like Iowa State. And you know what? I think Iowa State, even with the game in Norman in the regular season, I could see Iowa State winning there because they have in the past. But I think Oklahoma is just – that team, yeah, they just they are. Uh, I you know, and I don't even want to pay mind to any teams below that. I'm not even talking about. Well, I've anybody. got I've got uh, Oklahoma State third. Yeah, uh, I've got the Sips fourth. They're still losing to TCU though. Yeah, but they TCU may not win a whole lot of other games. That's right. <laughs> Remember, they, they play everybody. I was like, TCU's going to go four and eight, but two of those wins are going to be against Texas. <laughs> Here, <here's, laughs> here is my sleeper team for the Big Twelve. Uh, your sleeper team for the Big Twelve. You got. Texas Tech, huh? I got Tech, man. Okay, so I'm looking across your schedule. Look at their first three. Look at the first three games. I, that first one is huge. Okay, so obviously you play U of H at NRG, right? You got Cougar High down where the Texans play, and that'll be a good neutral site, and you'll get a good uh, amount of folks in from both teams in that state. Guns up, man! You know, and then you'll host SFA. Big deal. You'll, you should win that one. Uh, and then you got Florida, Florida Atlantic Interna- or Florida, Florida International. Okay, FIU should win that. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, your first away game is going to be at Texas. Right, and Texas and Tech play some of the craziest games we have ever and, seen. And, and we're talking end of September on that one, so, so anything can happen. If you can pull off the upset at Texas, look at their home games. Like, look at who they get at home. I mean, after that, I mean, you're going to be sitting there with home games against TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. You're in, you're on the road at OU and Baylor and Kansas. And, well, Kansas. Right. So on the, uh, and West Virginia, right? But, you got to like those away games. So, you figure if you can pull three of those four conference away games – yeah. They say you're losing to Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, this is, it, it's it, going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, and I think you're losing to Iowa State at home. But you I get agree. Baylor and Kansas on the road, which – Those are winnable. Yeah, absolutely winnable. You got uh, – uh, who, who were the other home games? Uh, well, I mean, like I said, your home, home games are TCU, winnable. Can, oh, those have been good. Those have been crazy games too, TCU and Tech. Tech, absolutely. Uh, but Can, winnable. Kansas State – Absolutely winnable. winnable. Um, home game against Iowa State and Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State more so than Iowa State. I think, yeah, Oklahoma State is going to be salty. I think. I think they're going to. They always are. You know, they they're, are. they're one of those like blue collar football teams. Gandhi just gets them to work, man. The mullet, the mullet puts them to work. I, I think. I think Texas Tech. I think they're not going to be as bad as people think they are going to. Oh, be. I, oh no, I'm not saying they're going to like win or challenge to win the league by any means, but I think they're they're going to finish. I, I could see him finishing fifth in, in in the conference this year. They've got the they've got a um, uh, Tyler Slough. I think that's how you say it. He's a transfer from Oregon. He's going to be under center. And you know when you've got a good quarterback at Texas Tech, you got a chance because oh, that's yeah. just how they play football. It's just the way they go. So, 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 you know, so uh, hey, for all the Tech fans, yeah, hey, you're, you're also, my sleeper in the Big uh, Twelve. Uh, quick, quick little aside, uh, Texas Tech fans. Uh, God bless y'all for an incredible weekend last weekend with uh, our band. That mm. was something so damn cool. Lovely. Dude, they were so good. I mean, full-on sellout. Had a, uh, I mean, like, line out the door around the corner when we started the show. They were still trying to get in. That's awesome. So that was really cool. Um, so let me ask you this now. Um, you know, we've kind of touched on a lot of uh, – 
predictions. Here's one more for you. Um, who is your final four for the playoff? Uh, <clears throat> Ohio State. Fair. North Carolina, Alabama, Texas A&M. Where and so we'll no, be- excuse me, excuse me. Ohio State. Let me see. No, because if I'm calling 15, no, it's got to be us. It's got to be us. So, so you think Alabama still sneaks in? I think they do because I think the only loss is to us. So, so are, they, are they ranked third or fourth? Fourth. So we play Alabama again because we'd um, be number one if we yeah. if we if we're an undefeated SEC team, we'll be number one. And then, but again, you know, they may not want that. But I think it's going to be. Uh, I mean, I I know it's going to be Ohio State just because as, if they win the Big Ten, they're in. That's just all there is to it. Right. Um, I think if North Carolina wins the ACC, the ACC won't get anybody in. Yeah. Um. So I that's where I think you get another SEC team from is taking the ACC slot, and then I think it's either it's got to be Oklahoma because I think if Iowa State wins the Big Twelve, they don't do it undefeated. They, well, I think Iowa State would have to do it undefeated in order to get in. Yeah, so so I think if Oklahoma wins the Big 12 with one loss, OU gets in. I think if Iowa State does it with one loss, they don't get in. They don't get in. And and so if Iowa State wins the Big 12 uh, with one or more losses, then I think you see USC sneak in. Yep. Uh, My prediction as it stands, I think it's going to be number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, um, man, I'm I'm having a tough time going between Oklahoma and, like, whoever our – ACC team is because I think Oklahoma has a bad habit of losing to bad teams. They could, know? yeah. I tell you what, they could get left out just because the committee's sick of seeing them play the way they play. The right. Playoffs. So you know they missed it last year, and you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say North Carolina, then Texas A&M. I think we make it in at four if we're going to get in. Well, and I think well, and that would again the Pac-12. You never know, but I. They just they beat up on themselves, but not because they're superior. No, I, I, I like to think that USC is probably going to end up being like a two loss champ. Yeah, so you know? I mean, you're just out of it with two losses as a conference champ. You're out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I but I think you would see in that situation they may bump us to the third seed because they don't want to see us play in the first round. I guess Alabama. I, well, it's what we kind of hoped so was going to happen last time, and then you know, but yeah. we could go into details on that. We we have if you've caught our old podcast. So. But yeah, so but. If we beat Alabama and they decide they want don't want two SEC teams in, they may move. Then I think Al- then I think the Pac-12 is out of it unless USC is undefeated. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, you know, I did have a, a few questions. I had a couple questions oh. people asked. You know, so I wanted to touch on this. Uh, so David, uh, he's one of our buddies, right? Uh, David had this one. He said, "Will McKinley Jackson's trouble off field outweigh his ca- uh, what he is capable of doing on the field?" If so, uh, you know, what, what does Jimbo do with that? What are you thinking? Man, that's tough because, I mean, you can – I don't know when you got that question, but you can throw Michael Clemens in there right now too. Yeah, you should um, And I – yeah, I love him. But. You know, it's – it's it's so frustrating because and I get it that to an extent like it's easy to sit here and say these things but it you know what why wouldn't you you know just get a ride and don't do that and don't do this but at the same time like you're a functioning member of society if you didn't play football you would still you know you'd still get in trouble and get arrested for you know doing what you did doing what you did yeah so it, these are lessons to be learned I I think right. what you see with Clemens is um, a blip. I think McKinley Jackson is. Um, I think it's a little more of a severe issue. Yeah. So uh, he's got to figure it out, man. I. 
I, honestly, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it might haunt him. I think Clemens will be fine. Um, I agree. I think he'll magically be back for Alabama <laughs> or Arkansas. Oh, honestly, I think he'll be back by uh, Colorado. Uh, I think they might ding him like two or three games, to be honest. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I really hope McKinley Jackson and can, they can get it all squared up. I agree. But I I feel like I don't know. I I, I feel like it, it may outweigh his talent. It very well could. Yeah. Uh, I don't so, like saying that, but I do. Yeah. So let's. Uh, so a couple other questions here that I did have. It's crazy. Uh, this, we got questions. Yeah. So we have Chase Colwell. He asked two questions. So I'm like, hey, you know, any questions we can get. One, are you excited to see the red, white, and blue out in the new stadium, or do you wish it would have stayed the one-time, spur-of-the-moment thing? <clears throat> oh, I'm excited for it. I, I think it's so cool. I, I think it's going to look cool as shit. Yeah, I, I think. Especially with you know, all three decks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you do, uh, you know, the 20th anniversary, and then, you know, you maybe come back around. Maybe every 10 years, I think I think it's okay to pull it back out. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I don't really have much of an issue. I think the 20 years, you know, appropriate, and – uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing is now with a completed Kyle Field, I think it's going to work out just fine. Oh, it's going to look so well, sweet. Well, and it's going to be like an intimidating thing to look at. Yeah. I mean, you come walking in, yeah, you see a sea of maroon, but if you come walking in and seeing a bunch of other colors, you're like, what is <laughs> what this all about? deuce. It's going to look so great it's with everything look, closed in. It's going to look great. And that does lead into, so we're, we're doing two podcasts this week. Um, by the way, uh, we're doing this one, right? And then we're doing a Zoom call, quick, probably a quick cast, um, kind of well, highlighting. We'll, with, we'll let her talk yeah, as much as you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll let her talk, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go from there. But yeah, we're going to end up putting out two podcasts. So this first one, uh, we'll kick out the other one probably about the same time, or maybe maybe the next day. Um, but um, that's your special guest. Yes, Courtney Gruner. We're going to bring her on. She was one of the original. Uh, think tank kind of creators facilitators for the original red white and blue out and she's a, a dear friend of mine and we're going to bring her on. we're going to uh, zoom call her uh this evening yep and so hopefully we can get that pushed out in the next day or two yep. but and um, so the plan is to get that going for sure yes um and then the second hat the second question he did ask uh how would you feel about doing red white and blue out every year for military appreciation i think that's a little much i think it's a little much but i do like uh when they paint the field you know with like they do the patriotic fill and the letters um, sure i like the uh the decals, you know, when they when they have the patriotic decals, yeah. But I think the red, white, and blue out is kind of specific to nine eleven. Nine eleven, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, if look, if, if people want to wear patriotic stuff, you know, once a year for military appreciation, I'm all for it. Well, and knowing Texas A and M and knowing our longstanding you know history with the military, obviously that's not a big deal. We would we all appreciate that, and I wouldn't have an issue with it. But I think keeping it subtle. Outside of the ten year anniversaries is probably fine. I think what would be kind of groovy would be uh, for military appreciation every year um, have like camouflage A and M shirts. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Why not? Why not? All you'd see is heads up in the stands. I'm right? about to say we can't see anything else. It's just a bunch of white, and black, it's, and brown heads. For nobody <laughs> being here, it sure is loud. Oh man, let's see. But yeah, okay. But, but yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a anniversary of 9/11 kind of guy on that one. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, yeah. So, and I completely agree. So, I mean, healthy predictions. I think things are looking really exciting. I'm just pumped that we got football. I'm glad we got something else um, to talk about. That's I'm not so ex- yes. everything else that's been going on. Right. I'm so excited for football. Um, you know, and it, it almost works out well. There's a break this week for Premier League, so it is just all college right. football I mean, this there, week. There's a break for Premier League. I'm off. Yeah. Of band stuff this weekend, uh, you know we don't go and do anything until uh, Justin and uh, Waco next week. So everything's good and golden. Um, 
And so we're just pretty excited, man. I mean, I'm just ready to go out and watch a little football. And it's Labor Day weekend, so everybody go out there and enjoy yourselves for that final hoorah of the summer. It's, it's like everything aligned perfectly for us and Aggie football starting. Yes. So uh, I do have one final question I have to ask you. Uh, how do you feel about Roy Kent effect? I think Roy Kent is one of the greatest characters in all of theater. He has been an absolute joy and a half to see I'd prancing around on the sideline and taking care of business, and everybody seems to love it. Um, and not to mention, you know, t- taking care of business against uh, a certain team that everybody in our group chat loves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Suck it, Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, real quick. Okay. Yeah, we're we're going to rapid fire this. Okay. The line is seven and a half points. Ooh la la at DKR. Give me the Cajuns, Ben. Give to cover me a win. To win. Give okay. me the Cajuns. Fayetteville, Arkansas the following week. Sips at Arkansas. Give me the Hogs. All right. Then the Sips beat Rice. Um, oh, yeah. They're going to beat Rice. Even in those cool silver helmets they're breaking looking, back up. Looking forward to the mob, though. The mob <laughs> is their, always good. With, with the Mooderous. Oh, the Mooderous is yes. really good. And so, uh, again, the next game's Tech. That that those tricky games with Tech. I think it's still going to be Texas, but you know it's going to be a fun game. What is <clears throat> okay? So I'll just run through. We won't do everyone, but then it's away at TCU. Then obviously neutral for OU. Home against Oklahoma State. Then they go Baylor and Iowa State back to back away. Yeah. So wow, man, look at that. You can go to Waco in the following weekend. You can go to Ames, Iowa. Awesome. Oh yeah, the, the uh, fact they are going to Ames again this year. That's going to be home great. against Kansas. So thankfully they'll have the home field advantage against Kansas. Well, well here's the deal. Even with their home field advantage, they gave uh, up 48 points last time. Away, West Virginia, <clears throat> finish uh, finish the season at home, Kansas State. What is um, best case scenario for the Sips? Uh, best case scenario, I see the Sips going nine and three. Okay, worst case. I think they go. Don't say 0 and 12. <laughs> but, come on. I want to. No. No, I, I think absolute, like, dog, everything goes awry. Every every wheel falls off. They go 5 and 7. I think, in reality, they're probably going, I'm going to say probably 8 and 4, 7 and 5. I think they're going to be, uh, so I think you lose to Oklahoma and Iowa State. I think you have two conference losses. Guaranteed right losses. There. Yes. I think Arkansas is a loss. I agree. I think they pick up one more loss that they're just really not looking at. TCU, whether that's, baby. Whether that's TCU again, um, or Ooh State, La La. I mean, or, or, or Ooh La La. I tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how the Sark era works out. I think it's four or five losses the first year. And, you know, it's going to be a, you know, the, the, the Mooderous is going to be nice and lit up, you know, every time they get to run through it, which is fun. Gross. You know, it, it's. It, I think, you know, my favorite thing about that entire renovation, they lost seats with it. So they went from like, you know, 100,000 down to 95. You know, so, but regardless, you know, Texas, center of the goalpost. Texas, Goodness gracious. Texas is Texas. I don't really care right now. I, you know, I yeah, care. I tell you what, though, I would love to see the ratings for that ooh la la game. I, I, I think it's going to be I, good. I think there's going to be a lot of people watching strictly because they're like, come on, you Cajuns. Seriously. <laughs> Cajun on me. But, <laughs> but speaking about, real quick, touching back on when you said, you know, a lot of pundits nationally are saying our game against Bama, biggest game of the year possibly. Could be. Um, I cannot wait to see the ratings coming off of that one. You know, and especially with it being CBS primetime at it's night. It's going to be huge. It's going to be crazy. And, you know, I think – 
Uh, you know, it, it, we've got plenty of time leading up to that game, but it's going to be one of the biggest insanity. games. It's going to be insanity. It, I mean, you know what? It's honestly the hype around it. I can already feel it's like AM Alabama, Kyle Field back in 13, which, you know, you were part of that. This town was, I was buzzing on like Wednesday afternoon. I mean, that the town was buzzing. There was, I think, if I remember reading the stats correctly, there was a better part of half a million people in the greater Bryan College Station area. Not surprised me. One which, bit. you know already like we knew there was gonna be a big crowd but i mean the amount of people that just hung around and just was tailgating yeah it was a crazy day and you know it was hot it was sticky i was in overalls oh, we lost i went home and showered we got on campus was... at like 3 30 or 4 in the morning yeah game day i mean yeah. shit, i i did go home i i literally went from the soccer game to midnight yell Actually, we actually went from the soccer game to set up my spot for game day, mm-hmm. then went to Midnight L, then came back to my spot for game day, slept out there mm-hmm. in, a, in a lawn chair, woke up, had my little Nick Saban sign that said, I don't always lose, but when I do, it's a Texas A&M, and ever since, we've never won, so that worked out well. Please tell me that sign died in a fire. Oh, I burned it. <laughs> I, I burned it in effigy. It was accidentally and maliciously destroyed by a fighter. God. So, yeah, no, exciting times, man. I'm so pumped up. Obviously, the football. Um, I'm pumped up for Kent State, though. Yeah, Honestly, I, I can get excited about every game on this schedule just because of even if it's like a Kent State or New Mexico or Prairie View, where it is in the schedule, like there is all, all, all of the excitement yeah. this year. And, you know, I think as we go forward, you know, with, you know, obviously we're going to have our conversation for the second podcast here in a bit. But I think the structure is going to be very different from what we did last year. I think ideally what we're going to do is, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of touch on what's going on with the game, but we also want to make sure that we're not just all football all the time, you know, on yeah. this podcast, even in the fall. You know, we're, we're, we'll touch on some other stuff. and make Speaking sure. of, great win for Aggie soccer against Clemson. Yeah. A little it, bounce back. Well, you know, you, you struggled with your first two games. And, you know, granted, I get it. You know, those are both against tough opponents. Unfortunately, we lost that Texas team streak that we've had since, like, no. 08. You know, of not losing to Texas teams, but it's all right. TCU. Well, Clemson's a good, Clemson's a good team too. They're top twenty. Hell, they were top. They were number nine. Were they nine? They yeah. were nine when we beat. That's them. right. We were top twenty because we slipped. Yeah. Your first game is on the road at if against the best team in the nation. Yep, and then a, and you give up a, a heartbreaker in like the eighty fifth minute or something like that. Yeah, and then you go to TCU and I don't know, I don't know what happened. Just kind of meh. Well, you gave up two goals against. Uh, you know, a salty TCU side. Uh, so, and then you come back home and take the, care of business, though. Yeah, and so you know that's what you needed. You needed to come home, get reset. Hey, you know, you played the two toughest games on your entire schedule at the start of the year, and they're out of the way. Three, really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you have three of your toughest games. What, I mean, a, you, no, what a non-conference I mean, schedule! Your first three games of the year were all against top ten opponents. That's nuts. And you know, and you went one and two, sure, but you know, now you're back on the road. I mean, you're, you know, you've gotten back home. Yeah, and it's time to get to work. And you put so. a win, you put a win in, you know. Put a notch in the belt, so we're good to yeah, go. Looking forward to Aggie soccer this year. Soccer's going to be solid, and if, you know, a great crowd out at Ellis the other night, and this is complete sellout. Yes, uh, you know, and you know, like I said, typical fish game, fish camp night, fish camp crowd. game, just yeah, rocking. I was really rocking. excited. I love Ellis and, when it's like that, and it's little stuff like that, you know. And final thoughts, because this was something that I saw pop up on Twitter, thanks to Texas A and M. And yeah, I know this is going to be a long podcast, but I think it's worth talking about. Um, what is your one piece of advice that you would give to an incoming freshman who's out on campus today? God, man, one piece of advice—that's tough. Um, just like the one thing, if you could leave them with it. 
Well, I'm going to say something, but it's going to be a two-part. Find your thing, and that's both socially in a club or organization, yeah. but that's also how you prepare for class and how you study. Right. You need to find you know, what it is what it is that makes you successful as a student and what it is that's going to make you successful as, as an Aggie and a person and as, as a professional. So find your thing, man. So, yeah, this is college is where you find yourself and you find your group. So, you know, find a system that works for you for, for studying in school mm-hmm. and, and find a network that works for you and develops you as a, as, as a kid. Yeah. I mean, because you're a kid. You are a kid. Um, and honestly, you know, for me, it goes back to what I posted. On mine, I said, you know, Definitely take school and make sure that you are very serious about your schooling. But don't forget to live a little, you know? Have fun. Have fun. It's college, you know? You're going to get out here. Don't just allow yourself to get sucked into college football. You know, go out there and experience some other sports on campus. Go to soccer. Go to baseball. Go to softball. Go to a tennis Go to a tennis match. Go to track and field events. Um, you know, get outside. You know, go Go do some intramurals with your friends. Uh, go get in organizations, as you know, just like what you said. Find your niche. Find who your people are. Yeah. And you know, like I said, don't forget to live a little because it's going to be a short four or five years. It's going to blow by a lot quicker than you think. Oh, uh, and schedule as many classes as you can in the basement of Blocker because basically every time it rains, it floods, so you get days off. Oh, every time. That's it. That's literally. Mm. If there's a, it's like it's got a cloud in the sky. The basement of Blocker somehow finds a way right. to flood. Yeah, and uh, always, you know, let me say, you know, take care of yourselves, of course. You know, be smart. Make good decisions. Don't drink and drive. Don't be an idiot. Don't do anything in the next four to five years that's going to affect you the rest of your life. Right. Negatively. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Definitely don't do anything I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, um, we do really appreciate y'all listening in on this one because this is a very, very exciting time for everybody in College Station. Um, on our socials, make sure you do go follow Roy May. 15 on Twitter and Rob the Slapper on Twitter. Yep. And uh, of course, us at the Red Ass Podcast. YouTube um, and Spotify, right? Uh, well, Spotify, Apple Music. Apple, um, okay, yeah. excuse me, Apple Music. Yeah, so th- those are both on there. <laughs> um, I'm going to make sure we're uh, linking both because I do have an official link for Apple now. So anywhere you listen to your regular podcasts, be sure to go check them out. Like, retweet, subscribe, subscribe share, share. Share, please. If you've got questions about anything, anything, doesn't matter what the subject is, except Slide for politics. on into those uh, DMs. Yeah, come on into our DMs or post it just straight to the Twitter. Doesn't matter. We'll we'll see them. Yeah, we'll talk about them. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Beat the hell out of Kent State. Yes, beat the fight in Texas Aggie hell out of Kent State. Gig them. Gig them. God bless. God bless.